0: see what that is so Uh, We're going to have a handout here for everybody in just a minute. Had some, uh, of all days, when I was running behind already for the toner to go out in the printer and had to go searching for the toner. Where's the toner at? So anyway, thank you all for bearing with us. Every week we generally pray uh, for somebody and for another part of the body, not just our church. Because Boomerang, even though we're celebrating Boomerang today, it's not the only body of Christ. We are not the best body. We are part of the best body, and it's very important to remember that and uh, However, today, I do want us to pray for boomerang and and I want us to pray for boomerang, I want us to pray for its future, its vision, and its mission and uh, because it is important for us not just to always pray about other people but also to pray for ourselves and pray that we will accomplish what God has given us. To accomplish. So will you join with me and let's pray right now just for Boomerang's future and vision and mission. So Lord, we just lift up Boomerang right now. You have a plan for this place. You have a plan for this body of believers. You have a plan. You have a vision and you have a mission. For this place. And Lord we just lift that up to you. We want it to be done. The best. That it can ever be done. We want your vision accomplished. We want your mission accomplished. And as we do that, Lord, the vision that you have for Boomerang equates into our destiny and our future that is a good future with a hope. And Lord, we receive our future as we fulfill the vision that you have given this body. Of believers. Lord, we celebrate boomerang and what you've called it to be today. What you've called it to be tomorrow. And what you've done in it already in the past. It's not boomerang that makes it great. It's you that makes it great. But Lord, we thank you that we have purpose in boomerang that will exalt and glorify you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh Today's lesson is a little bit different. Today we're talking about vision is vital, okay? Vision is vital vital. I don't talk about vision all the time, uh, but it's something that we probably need to talk about a little bit more because without vision, people perish. They need to know, what are we doing? Where are we going? Why are we the way that we are? Why are we dressed in blue today? I, I, I don't know, but we need to figure out the rest of it. We need to figure out what kind of vision has God given us? Why do we teach on the things that we teach? Why do we train people and the way that we train? And are we helping bring the life and the glory to God to people? How does he want us to do it? Because here's the point. You can have two churches that are side by side, started the same day in the same place, and God can give both of them completely different objectives and missions. Matter of fact, I know a church right now. Uh, they're going to pass out these handouts to you so that you'll have the notes as well. I know a church right now that's here in town. And, and the pastor and I are some of the best friends. Like, I love he, he is. He's just one of my best friends, right? But, man, to hear him talk about stuff and to hear me talk about stuff, half the time you might think that we were talking about two different kingdoms. But we're not. His vision and mission is different than ours. And it doesn't make his wrong or ours wrong. It means that we both have different visions. Now, if I got off of that vision and I started trying to fulfill somebody else's vision, the problem is there's I don't have the anointing to go fulfill his mission and vision. I have anointing to fulfill this one. If God has placed you in boomerang and you're a part of us, then you don't have anointing to go and try and fulfill the vision of another place. It's why people are not supposed to be jumping around all the time. They're supposed to plant themselves where God has placed them in the body. And then there is anointing for their life to be full in that. So one of the things I want to talk to you about vision is we not only need a vision for boomerang, but you need one for yourself. You need to have a vision for you. You need to seek the Lord and say, Lord, what's the vision for my life? You need to have a vision for your family. Lord, what's the vision that you have for this family of mine? You need to have a vision for your finances. Have you asked God what he wants to do in your finances? Or have you just assumed? Yeah. Have you asked him what he's got, what he has planned? Not what you have planned or what do you want him to say. What do you have planned, God, for my finances? For your business, you need to have a vision for your business. It was interesting because, uh, you know, normally on Boomerang Blue Day, I've preached the blue message. This is the first year that I haven't done that. But all week the Lord started talking to me about vision. And, and and while we were on vacation last week and even before we left, the Lord was kind of pricking my heart about vision. And then uh, I I told Nicole, because I, I like seeing what the Holy Spirit's leading her heart, I said, what do you think I ought to preach on Boomerang Blue Day? And I, I said, I was thinking about, you know, maybe Boomerang Blue, and she said, well, it'd be a good day to preach on vision. And I'm like, Hmm. Maybe so. And so just based off of that, you know, kind of following the leading of God, you know, I'm just I'm leaving my ears open because the boomerang blue message, it's all put together and it'd be easy to preach, you know, and not coming off vacation and but the Lord was, you know, the Lord was prompting my heart. And then I said, so I got the spiritual, I got have four spiritual fathers of pastors that i talked to and i sent them all the same text i didn't tell them i was sending them all the same thing but i said if i was gonna preach on vision this week what advice would you give me and all of them all four of them came back with some similar things and some different things and it was awesome and one of them, one of them uh, said, if I was preaching, I would preach the same message I preached last week. I'll send you the notes. You want the notes? And I said, I do want the notes. Because I, the Lord had already told me to contact him and talk to him about vision. Because I saw some of the snippets that he'd been putting out all week. And that's part of the reason God was talking to me about vision. So he sent me the notes, and that's basically what you're going to get because that's what God wanted you to do. I don't copy messages that often. I like them being fresh. But I would say this was what the Holy Spirit wanted you to hear today because as I read over these notes, I went, that's exactly what you've been putting in my heart to tell Boomerang about vision. Vision is vital. It's vital. You know, you need the vision for Boomerang. You need We're going to talk about the, that today, but you do need it for yourself, your family, your finances, your business. A lot of people just go through life and they just let life happen to them. But vision involves seeing what God has planned for your life. Yeah. Don't settle for where you are or, or for the way that things are. You know, our job is to be content, right, with godliness and contentment. Uh, Godliness is actually a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. That's 1 Timothy 6 and verse 6. Godliness is actually a means of great gain. We went through that series called Increase and we showed that we should be content with the things that we have now but not content to stay there because we are not content to take our talents and our gifts and our potential and bury it. The one who took that potential and buried it, that's the people that God said, get away from me, wicked servant. But the one who took what they had, even though it wasn't a lot, but they put it into work and increased it, those are the ones that God said, well done, good and faithful servant. In that series we did at the beginning of the year is called Increase. We proved that it was God to increase. We've just got to make sure this is the dividing line. What is increase to God versus increase to you? That's the dividing line. Most people's increase is based off of what they've been taught all their life, what they've thought, and what they want, not what God was asking for, from them. We need to increase, but we need to increase God's way. We need to be content with what we have now, but not content to bury the potential of Christ in you. You have inside of you Christ. It says, to whom much was given, much was required. And this is a question God asked me a long time ago, and I always like asking it is, how much were you given? How much is required then? How much were you given was everything because you were given Christ. Then what's required of you? What is your potential? Your potential is not even earthly. Your potential, our potential at Boomerang is heavenly. Because the potential inside of you, what you've been given was everything. The highest cost to God himself in his son. Jesus Christ you've been given Jesus and in him is the potential to do exploits in the kingdom of God if Jesus is your Lord then you are destined for greatness you are destined for awesome things listen to this really really strongly don't let hurt and unmet expectations keep you away from your destiny A lot of times people will not go after vision because they've been hurt. I see I'd run into people all the time that tell me, well, I would go to church. I would go to church if it wasn't for all the hypocrites. And so what they're doing is they're allowing the hurt from people doing it the wrong way to influence them to do things wrong. You can never let somebody else doing it wrong stop you from doing it right. In, in Christ, he is so much bigger than that excuse. And so we've got to recognize, I've got to be in a body. I've got to be planted to fulfill vision. God has placed me in 1 Corinthians 12, 18. God has placed me. Maybe it's in Boomerang. Maybe it's somewhere else. But God has placed me in the body, in the place that he desires. And in that place is a place of vision. And you need to find out what that vision is, and you need to do everything possible to make that happen. Because what's important in your life is not, listen to this, this this may sound cold at first, but you need to catch the truth in this. It's not how many kids you have. It's not what job you held. It's not how men on earth hold you in esteem or not. What's important is, did you fulfill what God's given you to do? Because in that is your kids, the job, all the blessings. That's where your anointing to live life to the fullest is, is in fulfilling the mission that God's given you. Fulfilling the vision that he has for your life. Don't let hurt and unmet expectations keep you from your destiny. Jeremiah 29, 11, God said, I have plans or I have vision for you. Plans to prosper you and to give you, and I'll put it this way, a hope for the future. Jeremiah 1, 5 says, before you were born, I knew you and had holy plans for you. Joshua 1.8 said, God told Joshua he could be prosperous and have good success. God wants to increase you. George Barna, he does a lot of polls and and he does a lot of um, seeking out where the society is. But he also writes some commentaries every now and then. And one of the things he wrote about vision, he says that vision is foresight with insight Based on hindsight. So it's foresight, seeing before, based on insight, or excuse me, with insight, based on hindsight. In other words, I take hindsight and I take the insight of God and I see the things that are ahead. This is what vision is. He says a vision, vision is a bridge from your present to your future. But I would say that it's not just any future, it's God's future for you. Vision is a bridge to God's future for you. He also says that vision is seeing invisible and making it visible. Vision is seeing things ahead of time. You know, provision is simply seeing ahead. Pro means before and vision means seeing. Provision, God sees in your life when you need to be have something provided, and he sets up provision. He sees ahead and he sets up the need before you ever actually had it. He provided it. He got it in the place for it to be ready for you in that time. It's simply seeing ahead. Let me put it like this. When you walk in the vision that God's given Boomerang, and you fulfill the part of your destiny, you are becoming a part of the provision for the people that are around you. You're becoming a part of their future that has a hope and the goodness of God because you decided that what God's doing and His vision in this place is bigger than the vision I have without Him. And His vision is worth putting everything I have into and knowing that He will give me everything that I need. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given unto me. That's where we get it wrong a lot of times is we put everything that we have in front of him and then nothing happened. All we do is we temporarily grab a hold of the stuff that we wanted, but all the stuff that God actually had that was eternal and would stand falls away because we went after our stuff and our jobs and our families and our, our hobbies and everything else. We've got to learn that going after the vision of God in the place where he has placed us is what brings provision not only to the people that are around us, but brings it to us as well. And we trust God for it to be so because that's not something that you can see right now. I can't decide, stand up here and say, you know what, I'm going to stand up here and I'm gonna, I can see that God has already blessed me if I'll go after that way. I can't see that without looking with eyes of faith. Because at the moment that I'm making that decision, it's not manifested here. But the moment in faith I decide to see with eyes of faith and step into the vision that God has proclaimed in his word and the vision on a house, in a body, in a church, I step with faith into that. Now I've just given in my authority that God gave me. I've given authority for that provision to manifest in people's lives and mine but I don't see it manifested physically when I start. At this moment, I've got to decide either I trust God or I don't. You know, I just read just last night something about Billy Graham, and it talked about him and another minister, and they were both rising, they were both good speakers, but one the, the one uh, minister, and I forget his name right now, and that should tell you something. He said he was a better speaker than Billy Graham was. But at the same moment, they decided, they had to go to the Word and say, you know, I don't fully understand this Bible. I don't fully understand everything that's going on in it. I don't get all of it. But I have to decide, am I going to trust God and that this is His Word and it's true no matter what I can see about it? or not and Billy Graham went out and he meditated there was a particular place and he decided even though I don't understand it all even though I can't see how it all works I'm going to decide as an action of faith right now this is true that God's word is true over it what I think over what the world thinks I'm going I'm deciding by faith this is true. At the same time, the other gentleman was making his choices and he decided to become a good speaker, basically, but he didn't stand on the truth of the Word and the truth of the character and nature of God. Like I said, I can't remember his name today. But I do know Billy Graham's because at that moment, the power of that action of faith, that choice of faith, entered into his preaching. And when he preached, he understood that he was speaking the truths of God. He understood that he was speaking something that was bigger than himself and more powerful. And just like you, when you have vision in front of you in a place, you have to decide, I trust God more than what I can see. I don't know everything, but I trust him more That's right. yeah. and when you apply yourself to that vision now out of that choice that vision the eyes of faith now you have seen and empowered the vision that God has for you to actually come true Amen. I need you to not just do that in your own lives but I need you to do that in this place I need for you to say, I'm, I need to make, if God's placed me here, I need to make the vision of Boomerang my, vi- my vision. Because yeah. if it is your place, it is your vision. And in that vision is your provision. That's where your anointing is. Yeah. Vision is vital. Vital means this, it's necessary to existence. If you want to exist the way that God wants you to exist, you've got to know his vision for your life. Let me just tell you for anybody that may not that might be listening and boomerang's not their home body or not their home church. Here's God's vision for you that I've already mentioned John 20, Jeremiah 29:11. He says he says I know the plans and they're good plans to give you a future and a hope. God has a vision for you and it involves good plans, a future, And a hope. So no matter who you are, this is God's plans for you. He's got vision for you. If you will submit yourself to his vision, submit yourself to him, you can walk into that vision and it can become your reality. Vision is vital, vital is necessary to the existence. If you want to have the existence that God talks about in that verse, then you've got to have vision for it. You've got to see it with different eyes, not just physical eyes, not just what you have right now in your hands, but you've got to say, hey, this is what God has called me to. His promises will not change. His word will stand and life will be produced out of it. I stand on His Word. I stand on His vision for me. It's vital. Vital means continuing. And it's necessary to continue. It's necessary for the well-being of something. Or it pertains to the things of life. Vision is necessary for your life and the fullness of it. John 10.10 says that He wants you to have life and life in abundance. But you don't get into the fullness of His life without stepping into His vision. For your life. It's vital. Helen Keller said this, man, this, this statement, it's been blowing me away all week. It's awesome. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. The only thing worse than being blind, Helen Keller said, was having sight but no vision. And look at this, sight versus vision. Sight sees in the present, but vision sees in the future. How many people, You well, I know what you're telling me about the goodness of God, but I need it now. Sight sees the now. Vision sees the future and says, I will trust His Word above everything else. I will trust the character, the nature of God above everything else. Sight can see for miles, but vision can see for years. Sight sees giants in the land, but vision sees a promise. Sight sees lions in the den, but vision sees a pillow. It's time for you to start taking the lions that the devil puts in your life and start laying down on them and using them for what they are. As either resistance to build your muscle or some place to lay your head, but they are not going to eat me because God's got good plans for me. Because I have vision based on the promises of God, not based off of what I can see. Sight sees the Red Sea. Vision sees dry ground. Sight sees empty vessels. And maybe you've been feeling empty, but today I just ask you will you grab a hold of some vision that God has for you and start seeing your vessels as filled with the oil of God? God talks to us more about where He is leading us than about where we are. Think about that. Think about through the stories every time that God talked to us. How many times did he talk to us really about where we were at? Most of the time you will see that everything he said went to where we were going. Why? Because if you go back to that series on increase, he's always increasing you. He's always taking you to new heights. He's never allowing you to bury anything. He's moving you ahead and moving you forward. The fact that you can't see it yet is what he's trying to fix. He's trying to open your eyes so that you do see the ahead and move towards it. Yeah. Genesis eleven thirty one. it shows us that Abraham's father, Terah, it says they were moving towards Canaan. They were moving towards the promised land. But they reached Haran, or excuse me, they let me read it right here, they went out together from Ur in order the inner land of Canaan, and they went as far as Haran, I had it right, and settled there. You see, a lot of times people, I believe that the promise was given to Terah, not Abraham, but based off of this scripture. And vision can get you started, but you've got to make sure that you carry vision with you and you get fresh and new vision. Just because you walked into a place and you were excited about boomerang when you got here doesn't mean the devil's going to leave you alone and not try to get you to settle into nothing. And just come in, maybe. You've got to allow vision to be... Refreshed in you, you it's your job to grab a hold of vision and look for new vision and let it excite you and let it energize you and let it bring the power and the life that will take you to the provision, take you to the future vision. This thing called Christianity, it doesn't happen just because you decided once that that's what you wanted to do. It happens because on a continually daily basis, you put down the flesh and you stretch out your faith and your arms towards God and receive him fresh and new as fresh daily bread. This is how it works. A lot of times we just get our ticket punched to heaven and we're like, I'm good. No, your evil servant yeah. Yeah. because you haven't made it fresh daily. You haven't decided today that I'll crucify the flesh. You haven't decided today that I will take the potential that is within me, his name being Jesus Christ, and say, I need to see further. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about Abraham is this, his father settled, and that's where he stopped. That's the end of his story. But his son heard the voice of God, and he started moving towards Canaan. And once he came into that land, and he came came to where God had promised him, here's one of the things that God said to him in uh, chapter 13, 14, and 15. It says this, basically God said this, As far as you can see, I'll give it to you. That should encourage you right there to say, you know what, I need to stretch my eyes. I need to stretch my vision and see further. I need to see deeper. I need to see bigger. I need to see because if the potential is within me for God to give me what I can see, Lord, stretch my vision. Show me. And that doesn't just need to be Pastor Brian for this place. That needs to be every one of you that call Boomerang your place. You need to say, hey, Lord, stretch my eyes to see for Boomerang. Stretch my eyes so that we can become the provision that God has for us. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. In the message, it says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. He's revealed the vision here at this place. Are we attending to it? Or have we closed our eyes to it? Are we asleep on the vision? Stumbling all over ourselves. You know what, I'd say that In our history, it'll be seven years in January. We've had times of both. We've had times of, man, we are so excited and reaching out and stretching for the vision. And then we've had times where where we've just been stumbling all over ourselves because we've fallen asleep on the vision. And you know what? That doesn't just happen here. You invoke leadership To charge with you or to draw back because there's nobody backing them. Our job is to set vision in front of you. I would say and I would apologize to you. I don't think that I've set vision in front of you like I need to. But I would say that that changes today. Today's a new day. Today's a day of vision. Vision means a dream or a revelation or an oracle. To make uh, perish means to loosen or to go back, to expose, to make naked, to uncover. Without a vision, you are uncovered, exposed, and you will go back. Joshua and Caleb had a vision of the promised land, but the other ten spies had a sight of the giants. In Acts chapter 16, verse 1 through 10, Luke was writing... And he he says, he and they, until Paul receives his Macedonian vision, and then all of a sudden Luke's writing changed. It wasn't he and they anymore, and it became we. Now it's we, a precedent for biblical vision. You have to understand that at some point vision needs to stop becoming that church or my church. It needs to become me. At some point, in order for us to move into the fullness of the vision that God has for us, you have to say, this is mine. This is my vision. One of the things that that I want to tell you today is, it may be Boomerang's vision, but in it is your destiny. If God's placed you in this place, then your destiny is tied up in the vision that he's given this place. Listen to this. Here's some things about biblical vision. It's always given to an individual. The vision's always given to somebody. But it requires a team. It involves risk. And it demands involvement. And it produces shared blessings. Just look at a couple of examples. It's given to an individual. You have a, a vision given to Jesus. It requires a team. He had his disciples. It involved risk. He said, leave everything and come follow me. There was risk involved. It demanded involvement. He sent them out. They had to be involved to be a part of this vision coming to pass. But then there was fruit that remains. The blessing was the fruit that remains. Look at Paul. The vision was given to an individual. It required a team. He had a staff that went with him and helped him do these things. It involved risk. They had to step out of their comfort zone. And it demanded involvement. They had to use the giftings that the Holy Spirit had poured out in their lives. And they still to this day, you read your word, you got fruit that remains from that. The same pattern is in place here. A vision is given to a pastor. It's given to this place, to Boomerang. It requires a team. We have to have volunteers. We have to have people that will step up and say, I'll be a part of that vision. It involves risk. You've got to come out of your comfort zones. You know what? Sometimes that risk is you don't know that person that walked in, and you're not a social person. But I feel the Holy Spirit telling me to go say hello. And you got to step out of your comfort zone and go hug them and smile and don't make it a a fake one. You got to make it a real one. You got to show the love of God. I will never forget the first day that I met uh, Mike and Joan. The very first day, she came back to me a couple weeks later and said, Do you know why we came back to. This church, it wasn't boomerang at that time. Do you know why we came back to this church? Now, this has been years now. What was the answer? When you were coming up the steps. She said, because of your sincere welcome when you were coming up the steps. I remember the first time she ever told me, she said, it was your smile. I knew that smile was genuine. And that's vision. Taking place. Loving on people. You've got to step out of your comfort zone. Vision demands involvement. You've got to use your giftings in order to fulfill vision. And then we will have fruit that remains. You know, we talk a lot about uh, about leadership, and you'll see in just a second, it's a part of who we are. Jesus, think about this, Jesus took a group of uneducated men and changed the world through them. These were not college graduates. Over in Acts it says, we can tell that you're uneducated men, but we can also tell that you have been with Jesus. He turned them into something because he was able to take vision given by God and to hand it over into a group of people that took that vision and made it theirs. Boomerang's biblical vision is this. Our vision is helping people to find their joy again and to really live if you want to put up that uh, the yellow picture, maybe that didn't get to you today. <laughs> Boomerang's vision is helping people to find their joy again and really living. Think about that again. Let me say it again. Helping people to find their joy again and really living. It's the same picture that's on your handout there. Thank you. Helping people find their joy and really living. Now that speaks to two types of people. Number one person that it speaks to is the person who doesn't know Christ. Because the person who doesn't know Christ doesn't have love operating in them. What what value do they have for your Christian morals? Well, if so, it's not to the fullness. And what are they looking for? They're looking for joy. It may be in all the wrong places, but what they're after is joy. This vision speaks to them and says, look, you can find real joy in God. Now, there would be some religious people that would say, find your joy again. That is not the gospel. Well, actually it is. But because here's the thing. How can you have real joy without serving? How can you have heavenly joy that last without fulfilling your vision in Christ. We want people to get to the place where they start finding the reality of what God has for them and they will not hold back, but will go after it with everything that they can. We want their joy to be full. I think that each one here has had some testimony of just where this body of believers has brought joy into their life, where they've seen the reality of God's hand in their life. Maybe it's been a healing. Maybe it's just been a touch from God. I can't tell you over the years how many times I've heard this. I've never felt God that way. Yeah. God wants to be so real in your life. And when you start moving into the reality of who God wants to be in your life, guess what springs up? Joy. Hope. Peace. Comfort. Why? Because that's who God is. All we're doing is connecting people with God. He said this and in, in one scripture he said, "I tell you these things that your joy might be full." That your joy might be full. That's the words of God through the Holy Spirit. That your joy might be full. You know that that's our vision. Now we've fulfilled that vision in many different ways. We have a path that God's given us. I think that almost any church ultimately could use that as their vision, but they might take different paths to get there. God's will for you is, is a combination of a blessed and full life with a mixture of service to him as a living sacrifice. Yeah. Let me say that again. God's will for you is a combination of a blessed and full life with a mixture of service to Him as a living sacrifice. If you want to pull up the full notes, you can go to boomerangchurch.org notes. There you go. You cannot have a full life full of joy without serving, and you can't fully serve without being blessed and given life. You see, I'm not going to have fullness of joy until I'm serving in the name of Christ. But I can't serve in the fullness of Christ without having been given life. It's a combination. It it comes as as two parts to make the whole. You don't have one without the other. You have to have fullness of life and serving. We're helping people find their joy again. And really live. Early on, God said this for Boomerang. He said, Boomerang Church will be a new direction for Albemarle. We have seen that play out already in a short span of time where we have influenced things in this city. We have influenced ministries. We have influenced laws. We have influenced things. In six and a half years, we have influenced and taken this city in a new and godly direction. Is it where we want it to be? No, but it has begun. And it will continue. Out of this, we get our mission statement, which says we are leading our area in a godly direction through this reality of a supernatural kingdom life. In other words, as we live a full, supernatural, heavenly life here on this earth, it changes an area. People see that it's worth something, And you start to break down the spiritual strongholds that have held life out of an area so that life can penetrate the area. But it doesn't come from just coming to church on Sunday. It comes from people grabbing hold of a vision and making it theirs. How do we do this? How do we help people find their joy again and really live? And how do we change an area? There's four steps in it. Number one is what we call a reset fellowship. This simply means this, that we are helping people to establish an intimate reset fellowship with God. If you haven't seen the reset series, go to boomerangchurch.org reset. Watch it. Probably, in my opinion, the most important thing that you can learn as a Christian. Period. That's the end of that sentence. No more, no more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Options or vari- variations after that sentence. That, the most important thing as a Christian, watch that series. And it talks about being in a reset fellowship. We want to help people to connect with the reality of God and let them walk in an intimate fellowship that I would say the world really knows nothing about. And I'm not just talking about what we would stereotypically say, well, getting born again. That's a part of it. I'm talking about walking in an intimacy with the Lord on a daily, hourly, by the minute, by the second fellowship with Him. Now, here's where you come in to be, into place. Can we fulfill vision? Can we provide provision to you and to other people? Can we do this without you? Nope. Because it's just like that testimony of when Mike and Joan and I met. What if that day I'd have been a, a, not in my place? Well, maybe they would have come back, maybe not. Don't know. It's hard to say. What what if I hadn't have been there? If that was the reason why we got to know each other and became friends? Well, what if I'd have had a bad day and I was like, "Welcome to church." We're so glad to have you. you got to make me stand out here. It looked like rain that day, if I remember right. I didn't feel like being out here anyway. <sighs> <laughs> God. If I'm not walking in love, those moments don't happen. That's right. And most people that, you know, I believe that Miss Joan already knew the Lord, but maybe I helped inspire her to go to higher levels in him that day. And it wasn't me, it was Christ in me. But the point was, I'm in a partnership with Christ to let him flow through and shine the light or not. In other words, if I'm leading people to a reset fellowship, it doesn't happen when I look all sourpuss face and I'm not even happy to see you. i got to help you park now. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Bring your kid in here to the nursery. (laughs) Oh, they're such a nuisance. We're happy to have you. If we're not in love, how engaged are people to move into a fellowship if my fellowship's going to end up looking like that? They won't. You have to make the vision of God in this place yours. If we're leading people to a reset fellowship, that means, number one, that you have to make the vision of Boomerang your destiny. You have to make it a part of you. you. It involves you, and it involves really loving on people. One of the things I love hearing is that when people come in here as a guest, for the first time I see them, I see them again, whether they ever came back or not, they say, man, those people loved on me. Oh, my goodness, they loved on me. I've heard people tell, like uh, people that go to other churches, I've heard them tell other people, man, when you go to Boomerang, they love on you like crazy. They'll love on you. That ought to be for the rest of time, that when people walk in, they walk out going, man, they loved on me. I might not have liked it when they got up, and they, everybody came and said hello. But, man, they did love on me. They showed me something real. Yeah. And if that's real, I want a part of that. I, I want reset. I want a reset with God like they have that walks in that. In order to accomplish that, it involves you really loving on people and operating in love. It also involves you living it. Okay. You know, you can't be, you know, in here. Oh, God is so good. And then in the grocery store, you are cussing out the cashier <laughs> or telling everybody that number one as you pull in front of them and blow the horn. You can't do that. We got car stickers coming right now to say Boomerang Church. If you like that and you're not you're not sanctified in the area of driving yet, the area of road rage, don't put that sticker on your car. <laughs> no, just 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 say I passed today, thank you very much. All right. Be a witness. Promote the vision. It wouldn't even hurt you every now and then to, like, wait and let somebody get in front of you. I mean, I'm just saying. You got to live it. You got to live love. You don't only have to live love, but involved in that is living what we're teaching. In other words, we're, gonna, we're teaching the practical things of God's kingdom. And if you say in here, oh yes, I believe. But then you go home and on Facebook, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to come out of this. That's not living it. You need to decide. Am I Christian or not? Is Jesus my Lord or not? Am I all in or not? Lord, I'm trusting you. Look, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I know this. God is going to come through. Because he loves me. He loves you. He's got a future for me. And and he's got a future for you. He's got vision and provision for all of us. Sin! Take that, Facebook. That's what you got to be. Stop living in the world's way of promoting drama. And promote life. Promote the vision of God in you. Boomerang's vision and your destiny involves you really loving on people. It involves you living it. It involves you helping to make it happen. It involves you sowing your time, your talents, your energy, and, oh my goodness, yes, your money. It involves that. The resources that you have, you're not supposed to be burying them. Time, talents, energy energy or effort and money these are the things that you have to give and if you really have made a vision your own you're gonna be given those things and not making excuses for them I said it a couple of weeks ago as far as volunteers go we ought to have people that come in for about three or four weeks and after about three or four or five weeks every one of us ought to be able to raise our hand that we volunteer in something because we've made it our home or else we're still looking one or the other But if you've made it your home, then you have made the vision of Boomerang your vision. And if that's the case, then you need to make it that way. And you need to sow into it time, talent, energy, money. Make it your vision. You see, we all, all right, old Brian's talking about money now. We're we'll back in all, yeah, I was good till right then. You had me, vision, Woo woo whoo, yeah, good job, vision. Now he's asking for my money and my time. No, 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 no. You got to think back when I was standing over here earlier and I said, you got to, with eyes of faith, say, my vision is what God's vision is even when you don't see it. This is one of those moments, okay? Let me just uh, shine a light on it. This is a moment. I don't see where that's going to come from, Brian. I don't see where the time that I so preciously don't have right now is going to come from by giving the church some more of it or the money. That's where you have to say, do I trust God or not? Am I placed here or not? And you can either stand here and you can try to keep it for yourselves and watch it fall out of your hands, or you can step with eyes of faith into as far as you can see and trust God for the vision, knowing that you will see it manifest because I've taken God at his word. Amen. Amen. So number one, we have a Reset Fellowship. See, if you don't get involved and you don't use your gifts and your talents, I'm not just talking about just the offering. I'm talking about you putting a smile on your face, loving on people, deciding to trust God when you have a problem instead of going all over Facebook. Instead of sowing doubt, we're sowing faith. Instead of sowing you know death and destruction, we're sowing life into everything we do. Everywhere we go, you're sowing forgiveness. When somebody didn't smile at you when they walked in the door because they were running to grab me a toner or something. <laughs> and they just missed you. Oh my goodness, can't believe that They didn't even talk to me. <laughs> uh-huh, me. So forgiveness. That's right, yeah. You got to live it. Yep. It's okay. They, they probably didn't even see you because they were busy. They were working to establish vision. You've got to sow forgiveness in your household, in your family. Yeah, let, let go back to that very first statement I said, or one of the first. Don't let hurt and unmet expectations keep you from your destiny. We do this by kingdom life. Kingdom life means this. So we have people on a track. The first thing we want to do is connect them with God. Number two is we want to teach them how to live a full life in the kingdom. I don't want to just talk, you know, this is what I found in church growing up, that the majority of church talked about how great it's going to be in the sweet by and by. And this is something that God's put on my heart, is that I said, pray this way, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. And so we want to teach people, hey, if I need healing, how do I get that thing to manifest on the earth like it is in heaven? Well, there's a whole bunch of people that don't know that. And you start knowing how to get the promises of God to actually manifest here on the earth, you are changing an area. You are promoting a vision because God's promises are awesome. They are always yes and amen, yes, and so be it. How would you like to know about them? Because a lot of people don't know about them. And how would you like to actually see that kind of life? A life in the kingdom of God. Not in the United States of America. That may happen to be where it is. But I'm operating by the rules of another kingdom. How would you like to see no lack in your family? No lack in your friends? Now, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about lack in general. Sickness, a lack of health. Poverty, a lack of finances. Stress, a lack of peace. How would you like to see the no lack of heaven actually reside in your life? This is kingdom life. We're teaching you how to do these things. Every week, we're teaching you these things. Maturity meeting on Wednesday night, that is straight up and down teaching you how to have the reality. We help people grow and be discipled in knowledge and action of how to practically see the will of God, his love and his power manifest in their lives. Well, you start living in this, do you think it's going to catch attention? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's going to catch attention. Number three is leadership. We are training people in the practical, effective, and efficient leadership for the church and whatever organization God leads them to. You know, Jesus, this is what I was referring to earlier, Jesus was not only the greatest preacher and teacher, he was also the greatest mobilizer and leader this world has ever seen. Again, he took Twelve, or I'd say eleven, untrained, uneducated people added a trained and educated one in Paul and changed the whole world. You see, when Jesus was done, you got to think, when he was done, how big was his church? You know, all these people that followed him and got miracles and everything else, how big was Jesus' church? He personally manifested himself after the grade to over 500 people. But how many were actually there doing what he said in the upper room? 120. Didn't look that great, did it? For the Son of God. But he had led people. He had taught them leadership. And he had taught them what to do. They received what they needed, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And from there, Christianity started and now still is the salt of the earth. Because he was a great leader. This is one of the biggest areas I was missing in ministry was I wasn't a good leader. I thought I was, but I wasn't. We want to teach you how to lead. And you know what? That has some practical roots to it, but the real root goes back to the Bible and it goes back to Jesus as he showed us how to lead people. We know these things. We want to help teach you that. Why? So that you can lead in the church? Yes. But also so that you can lead in your home and in your job. You know, I've read bunches of John Maxwell books and been through leadership stuff after leadership stuff, but there was always this big gap between the things that I saw And where I actually was. And I had to decide, how do I get there? I don't know what to do. I see where I want to be, but I don't know how. Those are the things that God has led us to grow in and to be able to teach. It's to show you how to be a good leader. You don't have to carry the title of a leader. You just need to be a good one. And we want to show you how to do that. We have leadership trainings on a regular basis. And there's a purpose for this because the next one is taking our mountains. We want to teach people how to take the mountain that God has placed in their life and lead it to a place that produces glory and power for God. When we talk about the mountains, these are the ones that we're talking about what's called and known as the seven mountain strategy. The mountain of religion. And when we say mountains, here's what we're saying. There's seven major mountains in the world. And these mountains were designed, I would say, by God to produce power and glory and resources. And who should those things go to? To God. But here's what the church has basically done. We're going to move over here into our religious mountain and we'll run it and y'all can have the rest of them. But what they've done is they've taken potential in the world and potential that God has given them to run those things and they've handed it to the devil, basically. And we hadn't even run the religious mountain very well. Actually, we've done it pretty sorry. Well, once you know how to be a leader and you know how to manifest the power of God on this earth, and you are walking in an intimate fellowship with God, guess what? That draws attention. You know what it also brings to you? It brings promotion, which comes from God. It brings favor. It brings resources. It brings all kinds of good stuff. And guess what? It's only a matter of time before the mountain that God has assigned you to, whether it be in the church, or family, or education, or government, media, arts, or business... You are climbing that mountain. The key is, do you remember the reason why you started to climb? Are you actually an ambassador of God or not? That goes back to the kingdom life that says, hey, I'm an ambassador. This is why these things work, because God is with me. And why I work is because I want to give him the glory, give him the power, give him the resources. That's why I'm here. I'm not here to get the vacation home. I'm not here to get all the other stuff. I am here to produce power and glory and resources for God. I am his ambassador. When you learn that in the kingdom life, and then you start going up and taking the mountain because now you know how to lead things, you start learning how to lead not just your household, not just your church. You know how to lead your work. You know how to lead The mountain. All we need is somebody that remembers his purpose for being there and who is the promoter when he gets to the top. You start moving in those areas, all of a sudden you start seeing whole areas shifting towards God. This is our vision. It's a big one. Several things that he told us from the beginning as we close is this. We've got a love from the heart not under compulsion. I can't tell you love, love. You better love, Brandon. You better love. I'm telling you. Love, boy. <laughs> you better love. I can't tell you like that. I've got to lead you to the place where out of your heart you say, I'm going to love no matter what Pastor Brian does. Whether he treats me good or bad, whether he talks to me good or bad, I'm going to love because it's the right thing to do. I've got, we've got to love out of our heart, out of the core of who we are, not out of force. This, genuation, genuation. this generation is looking for genuine, not height. There you see where that came from. This generation is looking for something genuine, not height. Matter of fact, it's got so much height It doesn't know what to do with all of it. Most commercials, they can't even tell you what happened anymore because they see so much stuff all the time, they don't even know what to believe anymore. You know, everything's true on the Internet, right? They don't know what to believe anymore. That's why they're looking for something genuine. This generation needs to see some people that will say, I'm loving God, and I don't care who thinks what about it. And I'm going to do it no matter what you do to me. I'm going to love I'm going to give unconditionally to you. I don't care. I had somebody not too long ago, and it was on Facebook, and ooh, they saw my name pop up, and, and the, the beeps kept flying. And they just, I mean, they cussed me. That devil, this blah, blah, they just, and what they were mad at me is because I led their daughter to the Lord and baptized her. So that's what they were upset with me about. And man, they just cussed me up and down and this and that and everything else and, and uh, I said look, I said if I really, I told him, I said if I really bother you that much I said you can just delete me and my name will go away from your page but I will not be deleting you because I really mean what I preach. I'll love on you and I'll be here for you and that's what I'm going to do. And so as much as I didn't want to see their name anymore on my Facebook page, it's not what love does. That's right. And people are looking for something genuine. I had people write me and say, Brian, how you handled that? I saw it and I read it. How you handled that was amazing. Yeah. Now you don't see that today. People are looking for something real. Yeah. Boomerang should be, this is something the Lord said, a soft landing zone for those that had a hard time Just walking through the door. In other words, you know there's some people that are scared to walk in a church door. And one of the things we need to do is we need to recognize what kind of person they are. I mean, if they're standing off from people, just give them a nod and a smile. That says a ton. If they're very social, then go up to them. Give them a handshake. Give them a hug if the Lord leads you to use some discernment on what, but whatever it is, you know, there's some people, they don't want to say hey to anybody. They wish that they could disappear and then they walk in and they're like, oh, I can't disappear in here because everybody's going to love on me, which is good, but you want to be wise about that. We want to be a soft landing zone for whoever. We want to be genuine love. That's what people are looking for. Genuine love. In Boomerang, everybody is a minister, and everybody is a 10 in some area. We want to find what that area is, and we want to use your gift to fulfill the vision that God's given us. And in doing that, you will find your destiny. Boomerang is here to love on people like there's no tomorrow, literally. We are here to do it genuinely, to train them to be the best that they can be for God, to pull every ounce of potential out of them. We have a path for them to walk on from the time they walk in the door as a guest to the time where they are running their mountain. We have a path designed for them. But it doesn't happen just because I had a good idea one day or just because God gave me a vision. It happens because you say, vision is vital to me. It happens because you say, vision, where God has placed me, is worth my time. It's worth my effort. It's worth my money and my energy. It's worth my gifts. It's worth everything that I have to fulfill the vision of God over my own personal vision so that my personal vision can be what God sees it as. So I ask you today, take this list, take this handout, pray over it. Ask the Lord what he wants you to do. Come back and tell us. Say, I think I, I'm supposed to do it this way. I think I'm supposed to help in this fashion. Or I'd like to help. We may already have something picked out for you. We're just waiting for you to say, I'll do something. That's right. Pray over it. Pray for the vision. Because there's a lot of people. Think about it if we start taking mountains in this area. The people that can be pointed towards God. All because of a vision. Makes no difference. There's, There's more in here than Jesus had. But that's it. So if today you go, man. Brian, I want to connect. I want you to tell me. I want you to come as you're on the way out the door. Say, we want to connect. Somehow, some way. we want to promote the vision. I just want you to tell me. Send me a message. Send me an email. Send a note on Facebook. Whatever it is, connect. Let it be known. Don't just sit on there. We've got to do something with what God's given us. We've got to make a choice. We've got to take action on that. Not just sit on it. Because here's what the devil will do. He'll hear a message like this talking about how vital vision is. And you'll say, yeah, amen, praise God. That's awesome. I would love to be a part of that. And then tomorrow, you'll have so much stuff come up that you forget that you were going to connect. And you lose the moment where you actually can step into the doorway that goes to your destiny. Yeah. So make sure you connect. We're going to take a picture for Boomerang Blue Day. If you got on blue, even if you don't, that's all right. Let's stand up and take a picture as we gather everybody after it's done. But let's just stand right now. Father, right now, we praise you. Thank you for Boomerang. Thank you for changing our lives, for giving us a destiny in you. Lord, we don't want to be the kind of people that miss our destiny because we never stretched our eyes to see a vision, or if we saw a vision, we never connected to it. Let us be the kind of people that see the vision, stretch our faith to see more and see more, so that you will give us the potential of fulfilling the greatness of your destiny that you had planned. Lord, do you, re- Lord, we just realize right now that the vision that you have for us is smaller than what's in anybody's brain right now. The vision and the destiny that you have for each person individually and for Boomerang is bigger than they can imagine. So whatever you're imagining right now in your heart and in your mind, understand that there is more out there. That God has even more than that planned. So let that motivate you to take steps of faith even further out of your comfort zone so that you won't bury your talents, but will receive well done, good and faithful servant. Father, right now, we, in an act of obedience and faith, say we will join with the vision in the place that you have placed us. And we receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Have a great day.